Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. I didn't think it would actually work. Welcome to the Hey Frazier podcast. I'm Sarah Frazier. In studio today, we have so many fabulous people. AJ is here. She's the producer of the Hey Frazier podcast. We love AJ. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Tall and a brain. I mean, can you get anything better than that, really? Honestly. Love her so much. She produces all the show. All the audio you hear is all thanks to that woman. Also in studio is Leslie Oquindo. She's our Puerto Rican hottie who's obsessed with Demi Lovato. I was almost going to say Demi Moore, but you'd have no idea who the hell Demi Moore is. <laughs> Um, these two women are very, very young. Leslie is our videographer. She does all the video work. So anything that you see on the Hayfrage uh, Instagram page or Hayfrage.com is all thanks to this woman. You guys, how was your weekend really quickly? I want to see how both of you are doing. We uh, are finally, we're periscoping live, right, today? Periscoping live. Awesome. So the whole idea with the new structure of the Hey Fresh podcast is we're going to be doing like a web show. We're testing out different web platforms on Facebook Live, Periscope. And then, of course, podcast, of course, is where you can listen all the time. And we love that. But you're going to be able to watch and hopefully we'll be bringing to life all the shenanigans um, so you can see them. So did you girls have a good weekend? Yeah. Tell us, Leslie. Yeah. Tell what us, was Leslie. your weekend? My weekend was okay. It was it was nice. You guys had a no sun weekend, I know. We I did. Know. I had a great weekend. Well, actually I had a I had a very similar weekend. 
uh, AJ and I saw each other on Friday, and AJ was saying to me, which I think is hysterical because I had the same incident happen over the weekend, but you were saying, AJ, that your mom keeps wanting to listen to the podcast, but because we have such potty mouths and we curse and we're... (laughs) Yes, so inappropriate. It, definitely not going <laughs> to recommend this to my mom. So, uh. and she's so um, essentially like AJ's mom is just so. And she really, she's really religious, right? So she's like very right. okay. Doesn't like any profanity. Not feeling the potty talk. So we got to do a PG show. Is your mom really upset about the nun that was fighting Katy Perry and then dropped dead in court? Like, is your mom praying for her? Or I'm, what? Not even, I'm not even going to tell my mom that. I think she would drop dead just by herself. Because she freaks out. She gets. She literally picks up all the pain. She's like, oh my god, I feel it. Well, she like picks up the the negative energies. I thought of you over the weekend. Two things happened. One, I'm driving on a an expired license, so <laughs> I, I'm terrified now to drive. I know. Why are you giving me? Leslie is like shaming me. My license expired around my birthday, which was February 13th. Now I'm driving. Everyone in the... I know. I know. I'm not driving anymore. Dan read me the riot act. He's like, oh my God, you cannot be driving on a an expired license. And I never intend to be driving on one, but I just get in the car and I'm like, oh shit. I totally forgot. I have to go to the DMV. I haven't been to the DMV in years. I don't even own a car anymore. I love it so much. First off, it's hell on earth. Never go to the DMV. The DMV right. sucks. Second, Sarah, you like to live on the edge. I'm surprised. I feel like... you. <laughs> This is right on par I don't with your like life. To, I don't like to pay fines, though. Okay. I like to live on the edge in other ways. But it was funny because my relationship has been so strong with Dan since we banned him from listening to the show. My boyfriend Dan and I have been together for five years, and the best our relationship has ever been was probably about four or five months ago. And I was like, you can't listen anymore because he's super private. He doesn't want to be talked about at all. And so things have been great ever since. But this weekend, he more and more people have been talking to him about things that have happened on the show when he was on my Instagram because of date nights. And he's like, yeah, I really think I should tune back in and I'm like uh, hell to the no <laughs> no red flag I was saying no but then I feel like my relationship is like only strong when he doesn't tune into my content that's oh, like no. a scary thing so what do we got to do what's the solution so we got to I need a we're show gonna, for- we're going to mock up a fake show we're going to mock a fake show for real that okay. we're going to send to Dan and your mom and, and everyone is going to play along and, and to like, my mom, too. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> Is your mom like, super religious? <laughs> we are. We all are. So, I mean, but when I'm editing your videos, she's like, I want to see. And I'm like, um, I don't think you do. And then she's like, yeah, please. And then I, you know, play their videos. And she's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, yeah. You don't want to listen. And my mom is not in the times of, of technology, so she has no oh, idea God. how to access the like YouTube videos. So she always comes to me to do it. And I'm, I, you know, I, I'm like, no, it's just I'm busy. And <laughs> I, can't, I can't show you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you guys, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'm glad you guys both had a good weekend. We are going to do a mock fake show. You'll be in on it. Um, so, look, I have to address this right now because I know a lot of you guys are tuning in today. And um, I've been promoting that my good friend, media personality, radio personality, Danny Starr, was supposed to be on the show today. And um, ironically enough, Danny and I had traded texts and, and had lunch together a couple weeks ago. And we'd planned that she was going to be on this show way before all the drama blew up on 93. 3.9 WKYS, which is a radio station here in D.C. If you live in the D.C. area, I know we have people that listen to us all across the country, but if you listen to us in the D.C. area, this podcast, 
the biggest news that has been circulating the past couple of days is this whole drama on WKYS. And it stems from a segment that they did last Thursday on International Women's Day, essentially where uh, Danny's two male co-hosts brought in a nanny into the studio. And this nanny is supposedly super hot. And Danny did not want to hire her because she didn't want a hot woman in her house. And then the discussion kind of went downhill from there. The guys sort of told Danny like she had spoken, let them speak. And this whole thing ends up going viral. It's on the shade room. It's on Daily Mail picks this up because Danny at the end of it threatens to to quit the show. So over the past couple of days, a lot has transpired. Um, One being the next day, the guys were pulled off the show. Danny was on 93.9, and so was CEO uh, Kathy Hughes, who came on and basically said that she supported Danny. But over the weekend, a lot more information has come out. And one of those was uh, Kathy Hughes made a statement essentially saying that the whole thing on 93.9 KYS on Thursday was a radio prank that went bad. And Kathy is standing by the talent. But then on top of that, their producer, who is this person, Sherm, um, she essentially went up last night and posted this behind the scenes video where she says, oh, I got these guys essentially that this was a staged prank. Everybody knew about it. And the video features my friend Danny in studio. And then also Sherm writes underneath it that she has been let go and she feels like after meditating for 24 hours. In fact, here, I think I've got the, um, let me play the little clip for you. Here's what's been circulating. And many of you had tagged me in this saying, many of you had tagged me in this and you said, you know, you're going to ask Danny about this today. And I'll tell you, I here. so here's what, this is what Sherm, the producer, put up. You do not do that because one thing, I am not insecure, okay? I have been cheated on. I have been very open and vocal about my stuff. It's okay. And you you supposed to be my friend. <laughs> So this is what's circulating now. This also got picked up by Shade Room. And Sherm writes, after 24 hours of meditation, uh, here's the truth. The events that took place on the fam in the morning on Thursday were staged. The babysitter was an actress. And by actress, I mean she never reached out to Danny to be her babysitter. She was an actress we brought on to sell it. And all the talent knew she would be on the show prior to us starting our show. It was not an ambush. It was not a prank. We were trying to create a dialogue uh, for our 7 a.m. discussion. I have to respond this way now because my reputation as a producer has been challenge and I have been let go for damage control. That's unfair. The video above is a clip of the act from that day. So I don't want to speak for my friend. She, we have obviously talked over the weekend and, you know, I think right now it was a wise decision on her part not to come on the show. And um, I hope that, you know, you guys as the audience, because I know people are going in on Danny and in on Quicksilva and 5'9 and the whole thing is like gotten way out of proportion. And my thing is, this is like, do people not know? I mean, radio is fake. It's but There's tons of pranks. I don't know why this has kind of gotten so out of control to the level that, that it is. And now it's like people are like, I don't trust you guys. You know, Kathy Hughes came out and said it's a prank. Like, I think... Whatever they do, United, meaning Quick and Danny and Five Nine, I just hope you guys give them the time to speak their minds, to say what happened, um, because I've been in radio a long time. And again, I'm not going to speak for my friend Danny, but I will say, you know, I myself participated in a lot of different radio pranks over the years, and that's what radio is built on. So I guess I'm, I'm, I was kind of surprised this weekend when I saw all the backlash, like that people were that surprised as to what it is and I think they came out pretty quickly at least Kathy did over the weekend said look it was a prank gone wrong but then it's like spiraled into this whole other stuff like we don't really believe you 
So I'm bummed that she couldn't be here because I think hearing it from Danny would really clear her name. But I, uh, I'm very fascinated by the audience. And I guess it's amazing to me in 2011 that fake bits in radio are still going on. And they, like, win. These guys win. And Oscar Santana. So I, I wanted to bring Oscar on because, funny enough, Oscar and I used to be radio competitors Um for a time being here in D.C. Oscar runs Podcast Village, which is where we podcast out of. And um, and we were having this discussion today when I came in about radio bits and, like, fake radio bits. And I was asking you if you ever participated in radio bits. Uh, well, first, thank you for having me on the program. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here on Hey Phrase, the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, fake Such radio honor. is the worst. And from a baby broadcaster to... I would say now over 15 years in the business, I still don't understand why people was, think they can get away with it, but they do, and their ratings book show it. I was going to say, but is it the worst? Because I, I, like, I was really proud of my girlfriend, of Danny, and all these guys. They picked up, like, thousands of Instagram followers over the weekend. They made Shade Maroon. They made Daily Mail. I'm like, girl, this is great for you. I don't know why people are so upset, and I, I know, like, the whole show, I think, feels personally attacked or whatever in the radio station. But I'm like, this is, do you think people care? I don't think people, I used to put all this, and I'm starting to do fake bits again because it's no, fucking no, no, brilliant. No, no. I watch The Bachelor, right? And I watch Bachelor in Paradise, and I'm reading the, uh, well, I'm reading clips now, excerpts from Bachelor uh, behind the scenes, this new book that came out. And I'm fascinated by it, right? And okay, I, wait, I don't watch Bachelor, so is Bachelor fake? It's got to be fake. It's, it's, okay, it's, it's they- got to be fake. But 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 that aside, for some reason, I feel there's a sanctity to radio that we people don't think about. When I when I did a radio show for roughly eight to ten years, but my our last gig was here in D.C. It was five hours a day, five days a week, and we we hated fake radio. We wouldn't do it if a there was any time. drama. Like I, I, you know what it is as a broadcaster, fake radio is easy to do. And right. I remember when Chad and I for Big O and Dukes were in Phoenix, there's this show called John Jay and Rich, and they would do this War of the Roses bit. Right. And that's the first time as a broadcaster at 25, I put two and two together where I said, there's another show in D.C. that does War of the Roses. Wait a second. Is there War of the Roses everywhere? And how do they do this? And I know that you've worked at multiple top 40 stations, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've how, done all the fake bits. Those, those are actors. Yeah, it's an acting service. Yeah, it's an acting service, which, again, like, I haven't, you know, Danny has to tell her side of the story, you know, what her truth is and what their truth is collectively. But what it seems like from the rumors online is that they hired an actress to come in and this actress, you know, um, ends up playing the nanny role, which people do in radio all the time. Like, I, and I'm with you, and I kind of, I'm sort of at this point, like, I don't even know what the audience wants because it seems like that stuff does win. It's manufactured drama, right? It's manufactured drama. one of my favorite bits as a younger man in Phoenix when we finally found out that this War of the Roses bit is everywhere in every big market, different DJs do it, uh, was walking to a party and saying, uh, oh, hi, you know, you meet someone and she said, oh, what type of radio do you do? Do you do Top 40? Are you so-and-so? I'm like, no, uh, we actually don't do. I was, okay, I, and then uh, we're a talk show. We talk about our, our lives and expose our souls and bear everything. And talk about topics of the day. People everything. don't give a shit. Yes. Like, give me yeah. the drama. Yes, and give then me the prank. And she goes, "Wait, so do you have War of the Roses?" And I said, "Let me tell you something about what War of the Roses. It's fake." And I would love seeing their face go from smile 
to excitement, elated, and then they'd slowly die in front of me because I, I would explain to them that the FCC rules would not allow any yes. any random guy to be like, I sent him to the FedEx lady, or this is my mistress, or the um, bang in the pool boy. Like, who just can't do that? You could get sued. You'd be legal, legally liable for that. But here's my thing is I used to think, because, like, when I— but You were part of the problem at one point. <laughs> yes. Right? Oh, my God, yeah. I was a willing participant. That's why I have such great empathy for, like, what's going on with Danny. I want to, like, say to people, like, get the fuck over it. It's fake. Stop getting on her Instagram and oh, telling no, her, no, like, no. I would you say... need to walk away. I'm like, the girl you're, has— you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. Because this is a different era we live in now. I believe that the— the responsibility to your listenership is even stronger. People want to believe in you, right? So the t- that look, God. No, I think you could be. You're saying what you're saying. You, so you think that that KYS and the fam in the morning, like all of them together, they need to roast for this. Essentially, is what you're saying. Because like to lie to your audience in 2018. If is that little- is not part of your brand, then if once you go off brand, you lose. So this whole bit about. You know the the producer getting fired, their situation. Like there's so there's so much so many rumors. I sit here, you did this to yourself, because the fam doesn't do War of the Roses, <sighs> right? You think it's I, like if you started look. Uh, what I love about your program and what I love about your team is that you're honest and you're willing to bear your soul. Yeah, but right? it doesn't win as far as like as big ratings as I've had on other morning shows that where we've done fake bits and people loved those fake bits. But is it the size of your audience or the power of your audience? That's what, you really, that's what you really want to uh, understand. Are they going to buy your mugs or are they not going to buy your mugs? Because a lot of people might just listen and never buy your mugs, right? That's true. I'm banking true. on your listenership to come out, and I've seen your live shows. Your live shows have people there. You're sold out. Right. Right? Now, are these War of the Roses shows selling out, or are they just passive? I love that show because I'll sit in my car and waste another 30 minutes of my day. That works for advertising. But for you as a brand, especially a podcast— and this television side of it, I think that you need to be honest with your listeners. I remember when Chad and I uh, started our podcast, we said we're just not going to do bits anymore. And for the Michael Mara show, same oh. deal. No bits, right? Real radio, real drama. Yeah. And there was a, a moment in time when I discussed, uh, you know, I'm a happily married man now, but I discussed my, finding out that my ex-girlfriend had cheated on me, right? With a WWE like, D-grade oh wrestler God. of all things. Of all things. Like maybe maybe C-list. Wow. A C-list. Like a C-list yes. wrestler. And then you start discussing, like, if I walked in on her with The Rock, like, I kind of would want to take pictures or, like, high five or get an autograph. If it was the Hulkster, maybe that's a different story. But it, it really hurt me. Not that she cheated on me, but it was with the C-lister in my eyes at that point, right? And I remember telling that story, and then at the end of that show, because we were recording a podcast then, my guys looked at me and said, are you sure you want to post this? I said, of course. Like this it's was, real. This is what we're about. I know. Well, that's part of the reason I left radio a couple years ago. I was like, I was done. I was done. And I always felt so, I felt so shitty going out like on a Friday night and people would be like, I love your show, except for, you know, it seems like all these men are cheating or whatever. And Why I, and, are you catching all these cheaters? Right. And you'd sit there and you'd be like, oh my God, you know, I, I hate deceiving the audience. And that was one of the reasons I left radio because that shit is so prevalent. So, but I'm curious because, you know, obviously you and I have a lot of inside yes. baseball that, that, the, that people don't have that are all over their social media right now. the sausage is made. And, you know, a whole series of events has happened this weekend. Kathy Hughes coming out saying it's fake. What do you think, like, if you're them, what's your advice? Like, what do you think they can do? Because I, I... Oh, man. 
This is rough. If you're a crisis management team, yeah. you come out and tell the truth. That's what anybody right now, a high level, you clean it up right away. You just get on there yes. tomorrow. You're like, you own it. If you if you disrespect your audience, you you essentially hope it goes away. But if you're a real crisis management team and somebody comes in, you get out in front of it and say, you know, we had this idea that we could do this. We went off brand. Wasn't the case. We own it. Our apologies. Nobody's lost their job. That's uh, what I, I mean. No, that's, I'm with you. And that's that's my thing, too, is like, that's what I, uh, you know, I don't want to well, like violate. I don't want to kind of jeopardize no, my, no, my I, friendship with her. But I I completely agree with you. I think when shit like this happens, and especially in this age where more and more because of fake news, because of all this stuff, you you're really your reputation is so much the, bigger now. There was one there was one bit on one show that I work on, I would say in the last eight years that um, one of the hosts like essentially um did a bit that we all bought into. And at the end of the program, he revealed that it was just a bit and it was shtick and it wasn't, it was all made up. And I sat there like someone had just like punched me in the face because that's off brand for us, right? Um. And then we had a discussion on the air about why would we ever do that? Though while it was a genius bit, it's still, and then we, I remember getting emails, people saying like, that was genius, but I thought you guys always make fun of, this shtick and this War of the Roses, why would you ever do that? And we haven't done it since. Right. But I remember having to, like, we had this conversation on air that we felt betrayed by our fr- a friend and family member because they came up with this whole bit, which, again, which if you wrote it, it was genius. Right. But it also was a conflict because I sat here and I said, for years now, we've been telling our audience that we just tell the truth. And this one time. Right, you don't. Yeah, but Because it's so tempting, right? It's so it's, tempting. You know why? Because it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to have actors on. It's easy to kind of like stage these bits. It's so easy. And to do a prank for real in real life, is in, it's incredibly time consuming. Or if you bear your soul, is also Very it's painful and taxful. Right. Quickly. Before, and I don't want to monopolize your time. And I no, no, no. I think this on. is fascinating. How, I think it's really How... And one thing I always wanted to figure out is how do, is it the same storyline for all of the War of the Roses, I cheated on my girlfriend or I cheated, or cheated on my boyfriend stories? Are they the same same actors that go around the country and record or do you just record scripts and oh, then yeah. they piece them together? How does same, that work? Same actors. Like there are literally for radio um, and I'm sure for any other form of entertainment, there are um, companies that have nothing but actors that you hire at a, at a 15 minute, 30 minute fee and essentially you pay them and they tell your stories. And a lot of these actors work nationwide. So if they're doing a scam or a prank in one city, they're doing it in the other. Now, are they doing this? Are you all writing the scam, or are they writing the scam oh, for yeah. you? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You're. I mean, I'm assuming it's, it's either a, or. No, no, no. You're usually the morning shows or the afternoon shows. If you're into bits, if your show is a bit yes. shtick, you guys are usually writing the bits. I've never heard of. I don't know if they will actually write them for you. So that and see, that's where I wanted to yeah, figure out. I don't know. I give a little more respect to the War of the Roses if the hosts are writing the bits. Oh, yeah. Because if the hosts are writing the bits, then you have like a writer's meeting, and then you figure out that the lipstick was found in, in so-and-so's car, and that's how this conversation started, and the girl that calls in. Like, if you write all of that and you just have actors acting, why don't you just get interns to do it? How much do you pay? How much? You know what? Sign me up for the service. I'm going through a whole 180. $50. I think it's an $50. Hour no, I think it's $50 actor. a call. Oh, that's so cheap. The cheating. calls Never take mind. like 30 minutes. I quit. Uh, Make what? 100 bucks an hour Let being me, an actor on the phone. 
Do you know? Okay, you how? Now that I know how the the bake is, uh, the the bake is, is it cooked? Is baked? Sausage is made. Yeah, sausage is made. There you I go. Have, as a Latino. Yeah. I have a problem with these, uh, what are they called, um, these sayings, these American sayings half the time, even though I was grown and I'm a fully assimilated citizen here, that I always get it backwards. Oh, oh always right, get right. Backwards. The, how the sausage was made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like a head on the nail, nail on the head for years. I don't even know how I got yes. into broadcasting. Shocker. Um, but I would say this, that if you know how to bake the cake, you were probably part of the problem at oh, one thanks. point, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> I, but I know there's probably some part of you that takes pride in some of these storylines. Not really. No. I, can, I can't even remember most of them. And um, lots of times they're borrowed from other stations and people that your friends with. Of course, come on. It's the lowest no way. form of fucking entertainment. No it's the way. lowest form. Yes. I, if you I, share these storylines? Of course. Oscar, I cannot believe you guys at a radio station did not subscribe to like, there's all kinds of- um, Oh, we, we uh, prep services. Prep services. Well, we don't use prep them. Prep services. We don't use oh. them. Oh. We, 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 we would see half the stuff that was on. They would give it to us and be like, eh, later. Yeah. That, that's not for us. Prep services would do it for you. They'd have a whole section where they basically just generated ideas um, for different whatever bits, uh, wow. fake phone calls, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What's the most uh, private thing that you've shared on there? On, uh, on there here or in your podcast form? Like as a fake bit or no, as No, as a real. Oh, my God. Because I want to, I wanna, I, I, for myself and for the audience, I want to, uh, essentially, I want a comparison of, you know, wh- how f- how you sold out for years in fake radio. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now oh, you're yeah. doing the real thing on television and radio. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, the fake thing makes a lot more money. I mean, no, it, it does, really it does. does. It does. It's like it the does. fake thing really sells. Unless you develop your brand the right way and you're genuine. And yeah, it just takes a lot longer. It just takes a lot, longer to, lot, do longer, to do lot that, longer to do that, right? And it takes a lot more money to generate that type of See, uh, interest. I think, I mean, and I could, I will wrap this up because I could talk to you all day and I don't know that people care that much. Uh, although I, I was fascinated that all through my feeds all weekend long was this KYS story. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just not sure if people, I don't know. I don't know how they When you talk feel. about your boyfriend now. Right. Is that something that you're, you, I feel like that is compelling to me. Because you're talking is, about your relationship, and no, people people don't usually do that. I think that is too. And I, the most personal thing to answer your question that I've ever shared was I was almost engaged before, <gasps> and right after the engagement, like this guy asked me like three times in the same night, and I said no, like every single time. But he would repeatedly ask me. So that story we basically shared on air, and then we gave away my um, wedding. You gave away your wedding. Yes. Oh my God! Yes, so that was a really personal because he was very heartbroken. Oh, so it was wow. really hard. Yeah, that's how you really burn. You, you burn that bridge right away. I did. When you break back. up, you break up. Oh yeah, we're not going back. There's wow. no way. Wow. Mm-hmm. And this new guy, I heard that you would marry Fias. Yes, I'm totally ready to get married, and now I think it's switched. To I don't give know away that he his wants wedding? to get married. Did no, you- I mean we we're like going to use the wedding this time, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? On that note. Hopefully, I'm out of here. Thank you for Oscar having Santana, me. Oscar Santana, you're amazing. Yeah. You guys can check him out on the Mike O'Mara podcast anytime. Um, I want to get into a couple of stories. And if you guys are watching on Periscope, leave us hearts. Leave us comments. Ladies, do you guys see the comments? Because I don't see the comments. We can't see the comments on Periscope. You're giving me the no. I really want to see them and see what people have to say and what their thoughts are about radio and um, various bits. But, okay. 
We'll have to get that for the next time. Don't we even know that we're yeah. live on Periscope then? We are live, but I don't know if there's people watching. Killing me. You're killing me. I love that. I'm like... Where's all the hearts? Um, all right. Well, here are the stories that are trending in your feed. Last night, O.J. Simpson and the confessions of O.J. were on. I was riveted. I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody else was, but I thought they were amazing. I'm going to play you a little clip. I thought it was some incredible TV. <laughs> you know, uh, they got a... Uh, Here's him um, talking about the murder. You know, some, uh, whatever. Uh, whatever they want to feel. In the book, the hypothetical is... Uh, uh, Charlie. Uh, uh, Charlie. Who the fuck is Charlie. <laughs> Uh, this guy, Charlie, shows up, the guy who I had recently become friends with, and uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house. Okay, so this is, I can go on and on, but this is the start of basically O.J. confessing, where he starts out and says that he is, there's, there's this guy, Charlie, there with him, and that, you know, it's hypothetical, it's hypothetical. Anyway, long story short, O.J. ends up confessing and starts talking in first person that it's actually him. So it's totally crazy. I loved it. I thought it was great TV. A lot of people are mixed on the fence of if it was in poor taste that Fox aired it. But it was such a spectacle of how truly narcissistic he is. And how. And then, I mean, the craziest part of it all at the end was how he goes on to talk about that essentially he still goes to her cur- Nicole Simpson's gravesite and curses her out. Yes. Of course, you know, AJ and Leslie being like 23 and 25, they, uh, Leslie doesn't even know who OJ is. That's amazing. We're going to give her a quiz of celebrities and people she doesn't know. She has no idea. Leslie, you had no clue who OJ was. No. Still to the day, don't know. Do you think that OJ was a politician, an (laughs) athlete, or do you think that he was independently wealthy and made his own fame? I don't even know. Maybe independently wealthy and (laughs) girl, he was an athlete. He was like a top football player. Oh, really? Oh, I don't follow football. You watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He's allegedly Khloe Kardashian's dad. No way. Yes, absolutely. This is all news to me. They totally deny it. They (gasps) totally deny it, but it's true. Anyway, I thought the confessions were unbelievable. I thought they were so good. And, yeah, you guys were both gasping when I was saying that he still goes to Nicole Simpson's gravesite and curses her out. No, again, this interview was recorded in 2006. So, at the time, that's what he said that he did in 2006. She was murdered in, like, 97, 98. And the reason why they couldn't air this is because... There wasn't really a reason. They uh, they didn't air it because the Goldmans and the Brown family objected so much in 2006. And this interview was based on the mock... He wrote a book called If I Did It, right? Right. Which he made $800,000 at. Never saw any of that money. That money went to the Goldmans because they won a civil suit of $30 million against OJ. Insane. So he never gets any of that money, but this was part of a promotional interview. But the Browns and the Simpsons were so furious, so they ended up saying, don't air it. They didn't. And the woman who actually is in the video or in the interview was fired from her job. She was a publisher. She published If I Did It. And she was fired because there was so much backlash. But now, in light of everything that's going on, boom, she's now they're airing it. And I mean, it was pretty amazing to see him like go from third person to then this fucking weird Charlie. His laugh was so awkward. And like he was talking about abusing her and laughing. It was crazy. He's definitely a psychopath. Oh my God. Yeah, Unbelievable. No it's, and it's so sad for their kids. Thank God I don't know about so him. Okay. <laughs> Thank 
Okay. Uh, over the weekend, too, if you follow the Kardashians, speaking of, there was a lot of controversy. I actually love the show Don't Be Tardy. Kim Zolciak Bierman and her daughter, Brielle Bierman, were in a picture with Khloe Kardashian and another celebrity. Um, I think it's Larissa Pippen. And people were going in so hard on Brielle's lips, giving her an extremely hard time. She's being slammed for these new photos of her lips on display. Kim and Brielle are no strangers, of course, to plastic surgery and have been open about their procedures while also shutting down their criticizers. The new photos from Chloe's baby shower were shared on each of the ladies' personal Instagram stories, and people are basically trolling Brielle that enough. You guys look like Muppets. Uh, I wonder what God thinks about y'all, which y'all did to his masterpieces. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me a fucking break. Here's a picture, by the way. This is the before and after of Brielle Bierman. That's insane. She was so cute before. Why do you go so Oh, I've had lip injections, though. I do like them. Gotta tell you, I, I think mean, they're great. Her lashes look great. The lips are a little extreme, but her mom is Kim, so it's not surprising. I mean, hey, I, I think she looks pretty good. I, <laughs> Am I terrible? Yeah, you do. I think it's sad because I think she's only like 21 years old, but with the plastic surgery, she now looks like she's in her 30s. I think that she looks so sweet and innocent. You're right. The one before. Oh, my God. Those lips are a lot. Those are like serious blowjob lips. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I mean, those DSLs. are so pumped up. DSLs. They, they are so major DSLs. Major DSLs. Um, we're also going to talk about Bruno Mars and the cultural appropriation story that is been trending all weekend long. And we have a great guest that I'm going to bring in here in a few seconds. Her name is Hillary Younger. You guys probably know her. She's been on the podcast before. She is the first woman ever to interview Beyonce, which is perfect that she's here today because Beyonce and Jay-Z announced their world tour. And she was also a reality star herself on um, Design Stars. So she's going to be here in one second. But I wanted to do this story for you, AJ, of the girl who clawed out her own eyes on meth. And now she's telling her side of the story. I heard this story. Freaked out. Because that's like your worst nightmare. And you guys think I do like crazy amounts of drugs. I'm not going to say yes or no. (laughs) Have I accepted things I shouldn't have accepted? Yes. I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. 
So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. But, um, yeah, but aren't you worried? Like, this girl, no, st- no, it, it, yeah, it's actually a very serious, serious story. You ever worry because it, it's like you start out that you think, oh, you're just gonna do ecstasy, but then people are like lacing it with all this shit. Have you ever had like a really bad trip where you thought, like, oh my god, because this what basically the story, and I'll, I'll tell you some of her quotes, but the long and the short is she starts out drinking, then it escalates to pot, then one day she's smoking weed and someone laces it with coke or meth. Has anyone done that for you? No, but this is a perfect mom story when they say pot is the the gateway drug. You know, when they say that and you're like, mom, it's just a little weed. Like, I'm just chill. And this then this happens. And now they're putting baby powder in cocaine. Why are they putting baby crazy- powder in coke? Because I don't- love that you know all the drug stuff. <laughs> because so they don't, they don't want to give you a lot of amount of the coke. So they'll just make it look like they're giving you a whole entire dime bag or- oh my god so what what happens when you snort coke and baby powder together oh, no. just there's no you think you're like high on cocaine but you're actually <laughs> high on some baby powder and it, yeah it affects your nasal it's insane but oh my god this, this this story is actually really sad this girl comes from a good family right and she just decides she's just going to party, and then this stuff is laced with some crazy, what is it, bath salts? She was a straight-A student in Anderson, South Carolina, and she was 17 year old, seventeen years old when the whole thing started. But I will say that she doesn't really mention her dad. She says, by the time I was 18, I was drinking socially, smoking pot, um, and she had a part-time job. But she said she was prone to addiction because of her family history. Uh, then she goes on to basically say over the next couple of years, she, her, um, drug use escalated. Then she was using ecstasy every day. And then somebody convinced her to start snorting meth. She does that. And then snorting meth went to shooting meth. And then this is the saddest part. Her mom ends up finding a treatment facility that she's going to be in. Right? Yes. But the following day, so she's set to like go to rehab in a week. The following day on February 6th, this was several years ago, um, she was on meth. She says, I was still hallucinating, so my memories are fuzzy. But based on what I remember and the details I've pieced together from other witnesses, here's what's happening, or here's what happened. Thinking the friend I'd gotten high with had gone to church, I wandered there along a railroad track. Even though it was 1030 in the morning, everything looked dark and gloomy, apart from a light post where I thought a white bird was perched. This is all her hallucination. It was when I, rem- then I remembered thinking that someone had to sacrifice something important to right the world, and that person was me. I thought everything would end abruptly and everyone would die if I didn't tear out my eyes immediately. Then she goes on to describing how she rips her eyes out of her own socket. Oh, I mean, the the, devil is essentially talking to her. Yeah, exactly. While she's hallucinating. Finally, she wakes up in a psychiatric hospital about a week later. She says she was scared shitless about uh, her treatment and what was going to happen, but she says she was determined to stay sober, and she has. She says that even though now she cannot see, her life is the best that it's ever been. Bullshit. You think, <laughs> you think it's bullshit? 
who rips out, I mean, granted, she's going to tell a lot of people her story. She's going to teach so many things about drugs and give classes, and, and that's amazing. But your life is the best now that you're blind? She says that she says that now she appreciates everything. She loves being sober, and she just has so much more of appreciation on life. Oh, no. I think that's a hard lesson to learn. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, by going blind, I think that's really crazy. But oh my and god, let that be a, a warning. This is insane. The mom is very supportive. It sounds like. I mean, what are you going to do? You're. I mean, you have to stand by her. They got her psychiatric help. She's been sober. That's crazy. Oh my god, it's insane. No. Uh, Hillary Younger is here on the show. I'm so glad you are back. Hillary is going to be talking about uh, Bruno Mars with us and some weighing in some, on some other stories. Um, and Hillary, I love this. We didn't get to talk about this the last time that you were on the show, but you were the first woman ever to interview Beyonce. Yes. Clap, clap. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. <laughs> because I think the queen would force us to clap, right? So we have to clap. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and... Um, Welcome to D.C. How's it going? It's cool. I've been here before. (laughs) It's actually a little bit better because when I was here before, it was like one big crack house. So now that I'm back and you guys have gentrified everything, I mean, like I You went to Howard University, right? I did. I did. And now I can walk my dog and push my baby at night just like everyone else. Um, I'm now the person getting getting arrested (laughs) and harassed. So different place, but love D.C. Um... Grew up, radio, television, background, graduated from Lincoln Communications and Humanities High School. I'm live, so I know a lot of my people back in Dallas are watching me. Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, they better be downloading the Hate no, First they podcast will. Oh with my Hillary God. Younger. I, they are loyal. They are amazing. I love that. They are not fair. Fairweather, Rose Garden. What, is, what, is it? what do you say? Hey, roses. <laughs> bring them the roses. What is that thing? The trick thing that they do with radio? A war of the well, roses. War of the, they're not your war oh, of the roses. they're not fake. They're not paid. No, they're not fake. They're not fake. They're going to download. They're going to follow. They're always going to be here and support us. So, Beyonce. Well, it wasn't Beyonce then. It wasn't just Beyonce. It was Destiny's Child. So it was Destiny, and you were one of the first people to interview them. I should have been a member. I wow. sh- literally should have been a member of Destiny's Child. They came back three times to my high school, and every single time, I was the VJ. That was me. That was my job. I was wow. the 16-year-old VJ. So now I, for some reason, full circle, life makes a 360, and I'm sitting here with you talking trash again. <laughs> oh, my gosh, with the best shit talker. In the Northeast. I know I am. I could talk so much shit. I have to really, oh my God, I have to really tone it down for like the sake of having friends. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. Otherwise, I'm not going to have any. I've literally whittled myself down to about three friends. I lose a friend a week. I'm okay with that. (laughs) No, no, I have. I've gotten okay with that. I don't even have three to begin with. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? cares? I have my elders. I have the people who absolutely love me. um, And everyone else is like, whatever. Um, so tell me this. I want to ask you about O.J. Simpson first and then really quick, like what your thoughts were. Did you watch, by the way, the confessions, confessions of O.J. last night? I did. I did. And I'm so glad you have me here to talk about this from the perspective um, of just I'm going to talk from the community perspective, like black people and what we think. about Right. Because, the, you know, this is obviously very racially charged. And oh, many, it is. It and, always has been. And to this day, many, many African-American p- people believe he is innocent. No. OK, so wait. So oh, I, I want to clarify. <laughs> okay, I want to clarify that because we're talking about loyalty and how, you know, we have a whole stop snitching, like stop snitching culture or right. whatever. Or, you know, snitches get stitches, that kind of thing. That's, you know, how I grew up. That's one thing that was stitched into like one of my receiving blankets. Um, so I know like. It was? But, no, just okay. kidding. Sarah, come on. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I must believe that. 
But the thing about O.J. Simpson, so I was a freshman in high school when the O.J. Simpson trial and Johnny Cochran, if it does not fit, you must acquit. So I'm I'm older than them. Right. I'm older than the children. Yeah, then, then the AJ boom. and Leslie, who Leslie has no clue who he was. She thought he was a self-made millionaire. She did. She was like, he's just a rich black guy. Yeah. I mean, he owned BT. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, she said. Um, so, so literally, the acquittal of OJ Simpson, everyone thought that black people were, like really were excited that OJ got off, right? Right. But if you remember the sequence of events that occurred prior to the OJ trial when Rodney King got his ass beat, Yes, the and L.A. riots. The L.A. riots, and those officers were acquitted, right? Right, so yes. everyone was like, this was this was the first time that we witnessed something like that happen on TV. Now, we've seen a million people get gunned down on television, like live, on camera now. Philando Castillo to all of the people we've yeah. watched, be Eric Garner, that we've watched be brutalized or whatever yeah. since then. Well, when those officers were acquitted, it was a very defeated time in the black community. We were right. like, what the fuck? You get your ass beat on camera, live, and they still get off? That's right. nuts. Okay, so fast forward to the <laughs> O.J. Simpson. That's the O.J. motion. That's O.J., that's yeah. O.J. Which he basically exactly. talks about knifing them in the throat, knifing, yeah. Now, we had already done away. Like, O.J. Simpson was discarded before he even became, like, right. before he became infamous. Black people weren't fucking with O.J. Right. Like, OJ said he was OJ. He wasn't black. So we had gotten rid of him anyway. We weren't even like feeling him like that. But at the same time, we came together to rally around the idea that this man may actually get off. It wasn't so much about OJ, but it was more so about the justice system working for black people and the community at at that right. time. It was like, oh my God, so the shit works for us too. Like we can actually get off. There's a there's a possibility that, that an acquittal could happen for us too. Because it's never worked like that before. So right. that's the thing I want to clarify for the entire diaspora. We didn't give a fuck about OJ. <laughs> I can I say that? I'm sorry. Yes, you can, of course okay. you can. I was just making sure. Um we didn't care about OJ. We didn't. But we did care about the justice system and what we working, yeah. Were working. That's a great point. And it was the counterbalance to Rodney King situation. So we cheered, not so much because we needed OJ free. I mean, he, wh- why? What were we going to do with right, him? Right, right, right. Right, we weren't using but him. But it's that the system could work. It was that the system could possibly work for us. Yeah. Um, now, fast forward, I mean, the last second time he went to jail for stealing back his trophies and shit, like, notice, <laughs> nobody tweeted, nobody Facebook posts, no one gave a shit. No, Lock one, him was, up. no one was behind right. him. Yeah, yeah, Lock yeah, him yeah. up, throw away the key, let his ass die, okay? Because... We don't care. Like, we were just happy about that one moment, and now we've moved on to other things. So I wanted to have you on the show, really, because I wanted to talk about Bruno Mars, who also has been a topic of discussion on social media the past couple of days about cultural appropriation. And a lot of people, first of all, congrats to The Grapevine, which I didn't even know about that YouTube show, which talks about diverse topics. And this one that they're really talking about is O.J. OJ Simpson, Bruno Mars, that essentially he is one of the biggest cultural appropriators in pop culture music today. His background is Filipino. He's also Puerto Rican and... Jewish. So they say that he plays up the idea that he looks ambiguous. You're not sure if he's black, if he's Puerto Rican, if he's uh, Filipino. You don't really know what he is. And then he's essentially taken from various artists and plays on the fact that he is. it's easier for white audiences and black audiences, at least this is the discussion on the grapevine, to take pop and hip hop music from someone who looks white. And But this has prompted a whole huge debate about 
okay, is this like going too far? Charlie Wilson's come out and defended him. A lot of people have come out and defended him. Oh, I love Uncle Charlie. Here's I the woman. No, he had said something. Uncle Charlie defends him. Uncle Charlie says it's ridiculous that basically every artist takes some aspects of a different artist. That we all have been doing that for years. At least people in the music world have, and that it, that Bruno is incredibly talented. Here's one of the women though speaking in this forum. I wanted to give this to you. She, her, um, let's see if we can get this. Okay. He is a cultural appropriator. He is racially ambiguous. He is not black at all and he plays up his racial ambiguity to be able to do what Jameer says cross genres and go into different places and you guys are bringing up Michael Jackson number one me personally like I don't even oh okay so fuck her me so- personally already <laughs> made me mad you didn't you only needed personally you didn't need me either way um, I don't think it's going to play again. I wanted it, to go on. She talks about Michael Jackson wouldn't be able to even achieve what Michael black Jackson. Music and their black culture from a non-black face. And you have, so uh, I'm talking, so you can, because I'm talking right now. And in a lot of different ways, and in a lot of different, and in a lot of different ways, we have artists now that are much more willing to step into quote unquote black genres that were not willing to do it when, like they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to be in black music. Black music was seen a certain type of way. We've reached a point now where hip hop recently surpassed rock and roll as the most listened to genre in the United States. Okay. Black American culture has reached a certain point in this time period that it was not at when Michael Jackson was popping. Like they, people had to campaign to get Michael Jackson's videos that's played on MTV. Oh, MTV. We yeah. are not in they that did? time period right now. So that's even a false equivalency to even try to bring up Michael Jackson's career and compare that to Bruno Mars. And I also want to say that Bruno Mars is not an original artist in the same way that Michael Jackson was an original artist in the same way that Prince was an original artist. What Bruno Mars does is he takes pre-existing work and he just completely word for word recreates it, extrapolates it. He does not change it. He does not improve upon it. He does not make it better. He's a karaoke singer. He's a wedding what? singer. Whoa. He's the person who's hired to do Michael Jackson. She said Prince Bruno covers. Mars is like a yeah. cover band. Bruno Mars has an album of the year for me and Prince never won an album of the wow. year. Wow. So how are you going to say, wow. so how you gonna say people your... that are originators, that are originators in the funk mm. genre, that are originators in the R&B, the new Jack Swing, Bobby Brown and New Edition don't have no album of the year Grammy. Bruno Mars got that Grammy because white people love him because he's not black, period. The issue Facts. is, we want our uh, black people. Uh, okay, we can cut that. We don't even have to listen to the whole thing. Okay, so tell me this. So, yeah, this has been a big, big discussion. A lot of people agree with this woman. Okay, so I'm not exactly sure what my audience is going to think about what I'm going to say. Um, she was very angry, and she made some. she makes some good points. Everyone does. I believe I am a person who can look at anything and say that there is truth in all things, there's something to extract from everything. And I wholly agree with some of the things that she's saying. Now, okay, what I will say is what I think the Bruno Mars likeness is too. if you think about it, right? We've all, like, everybody knows what corporate America is like, right? Oh, sure, 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 okay. sure, yeah. So there's a table and there's, like, 10 white guys, then there's the black guy, then there's the Hispanic person, maybe an Asian person, and then there's the woman. There may be one white woman, one black woman, right? Okay. So the woman stands up, either one, doesn't matter, stands up, and, I mean, she gives this amazing, 
absolutely flawless presentation on whatever it is that they're talking about, right? Sure. Yes. I mean, flawless. She smells great. She looks great. Her <laughs> teeth are whitened. You know, <laughs> everything about her. And she's done her research. I mean, literally, like. Knows all the facts. I mean, every single one. Right, like, right, has right. receipt after receipt after fucking receipt. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay? the men have done, like, no research. She, she is customer service, right? So she sits down and everyone is like, Grunting, you know, okay, well, whatever, Sarah. Is, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll look into it. You know, we'll think about that. So now, fast forward to Bob, right? Bob smells like tuna every day. <laughs> Bob has a cul-de-sac that is also a mullet that he won't quite, you know. <laughs> he won't, doesn't he won't know what to do with. himself up. His shirt tail is not always, it's always tucked in, like, partially because he's just inappropriate. We don't know what he's been doing in his office all day. Yeah, because, you know, he may actually, we may need to, like, clean his hard drive because this is Bob, right? Bob does this, though. Bob is a scammer. Bob is a swagger jacker. Bob is a poacher. Bob listens to Sarah's entire presentation. Uh, then takes it and makes his own. Stands yes. up and says the last three lines that she just said, and everybody stands up, and they clap, and they cheer, right? So I kind of feel like a lot of times when we talk about appropriation, the reason that people like this young lady get so angry is because, like she said, there were the new additions. There were the Keith Sweats and the Bobby Browns, right. and, you know, of, of that time. And that music, for me, I mean, it resonates with my entire spirit. Like, yes. it, it's like the kind of stuff they'll play at my funeral, you know? Right. Like, it's my prerogative as I get pushed <laughs> down the aisle. <laughs> they'll sprinkle my ashes out to that, you know, whatever. So I get that. But... Black people also have to understand that, like, you can't force anybody to like you, you know? Right. Like, like I have to be content with the people who fuck with me. Like, right. my audience, I'm happy that my black audience is fully black. Like, I'm okay with that. And, I, and it, nothing racial about it. It's just the fact that you can't make people like you. I get it. You came up with this thing. The main thing that I think black people need to start to figure out how to do is to stop like, to figure out how to sell your shit, put your shit out there, protect your shit, so people like Bruno Mars, who I honestly, like, Bruno Mars is just, I feel like he's the whipping boy in this situation because there are a lot of other people like Kim Kardashian who I would love to attack for, right. like, doing a lot of black shit and then jumping up, like, acting well, like it wasn't black. And a lot yeah. of people are saying, like, over the years, you know, that Bruno Mars, of all artists, has given a lot of credit to black artists that have come before him, makes a conscious effort to always include black, you know, uh, backup uh, singers, yeah. black dancers, all that stuff. So I, I think the, the conversation, too, is now turned to, like, are people using cultural appropriation to bring down artists they just don't like? You know, are there... I also think they attack... You know, one, I think a lot of times the voice and the face of the movement is always the wrong person. And then sometimes I think the person who gets attacked right. and pulled down is also the wrong person. Like, I we agree. go so hard, like, we're attacking Bruno Mars. While I think that New Jack Swing did not cross over in the late 80s. It didn't. It wasn't crossover music. I mean, now you can go to some parties and some clubs and you hear New Jack Swing. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, but that's some old shit, but whatever, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I've moved on. But, you know, but now it's a crossover genre. Like, everyone is listening everyone, to it. Everyone, everywhere. But, it's just, it's so hard. I feel like this is what I, this is what's so difficult, I think, for all of us. Is like, where do you find common ground? Because I watch shit like this and I'm like, I agree with you. Kim Kardashian completely. Completely, they rip off African-American women. Yeah, and they don't do anything to really help progress African-American women. Okay. She gave cornrows to Bo Derek. Bitch, are you kidding me? Like, stop it. 
Right. But then I see people like going after Bruno Mars and I'm like, you know, what fucking artist to have. And, you know, the thing that kills me is we just read it. We just saw it. And people could say what they want about Quincy Jones. But Quincy Jones stood up there and said how much Michael Jackson stole from other artists. He did. Blatantly stole. And not just from like, you know, black, other black singers, other women. Anybody. Yeah. He said that he was just out, just a gangster, like straight up hijacking. Like, and I'm like, you know, everyone fucking steals from everyone. And I think that's what's so frustrating sometimes about these art. Like, I can't, it drives me nuts that the grapevine is benefiting so much from this when it's like, you know, what a ridiculous argument. Well, I do think that everyone steals from everyone, but I don't think that at the, the, uh, when we're talking about cultural appropriation, I do think that black people have been robbed a lot more than any other culture of people. Like, I think that we do piece and parcel things together. Who doesn't? You know what I'm right. saying? But at the same time, I do think that when we look at it, when you look at the music genres that have been created in America that are native to America, like blues and jazz and hip hop right, and R&B and New Jack Swing, I mean, that was all us you know and so I don't know if I agree so much with her going so hard on Bruno Mars I mean to attack Bruno Mars I mean we really are gonna have to roll out a scroll of people (laughs) let's go back to Elvis Presley who stole from so much really I know and you know you just said Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke lose that big lawsuit that they stole from Marvin Gaye I mean you know you have a lot of uh, it just that think about the fashion industry Right. The fashion industry does not have a way that you can protect. I mean, there's no way to protect privacy right. in the fashion industry. And I think that because music has been opened up so wide that it's it's getting to be like that. Like, how do you protect these? How do you protect a noise? Or Beyonce with a um, song or an with, idea. With, with, what's the guy? Um, not Big Frida, but the New Orleans guy that Beyonce's in a lot was in a lawsuit with. He Katie Red. Oh, Katie yeah, Red, yeah. They said that she stole from him, and she did. I mean, we can clearly hear it, but, like, how do you protect these things? This is all, like, I guess intellectual property. Right. I don't know, but the reality is, I mean, leave Bruno Mars the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> I, I'm i not getting in that fight. Like, I'm not, first of all, this is the thing. We talked about OJ, right? He got off. We did that. That right. was then. This time, if OJ gets in more trouble, OJ is on his own. Johnny Cochran is dead. There's you know, nobody like, else, yes. Um, Kim Kardashian's daddy is, is dead. Like, anybody that we would care about in that they're scenario, they're dead. So I don't give a shit about OJ. I'm not going to attack Bruno Mars. I like, uh, what's his little song? With the, I, I <laughs> all like of some them, of his Finesse. Shit. And then, right, yeah. Yeah, they're also good. Well, this last one I hate. I don't <laughs> you, like you're it. not with the Cardi B and the, uh, you're when not. When he's yelling, uh, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Where can people find you and follow you? Find great- me at www.habitually. Hillary.com. But wait, last time I didn't tell you how to spell Hillary. It's H-I-L-A-R-I. H-I-L-A-R-I. Got it? H-I-L-A-R-I. Habitually Hillary. And then I'm that on Instagram, and I'm also that on Facebook. I'm Habitually Hillary. I'm always Hillary. This is me, 24-7, 365. Honey, we love having you. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the Hey Fresh podcast. Hillary was an amazing guest. I love having Aussong and cheersing on the way out. Thank you guys. Cheers. Hillary, thank you Cheers. for being here. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Yeah, I love you too. Bye, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday. Be sure to share the Hey Fresh podcast everywhere you can. You can download and listen on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, and more. And the email is Sarah at HeyFrage.com. Bye, everybody. Oh, my God. She got the scoop on pop culture news. So grab a drink. It ain't what you think. It's Sarah and the crew. You can only dance like a little ways up, though.
Otherwise, the camera just sees my midriff.